Warriors and raiders, wrap yourself in your warmest reindeer pelt, cock your long boat, and spread a new vocabulary throughout Western Europe. Because it's time to talk tull to moi. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. We have to. We will. That's a threat. Welcome back, everyone. I am Omen Said. And I am Nick McGill. Together we are Feckless Momes. And this, once again, is Talk Tull to Me. A berserker raid through the coastlines of Prague Rock. Nick, the bearded one, and Omen the Smooth will catch the northern flute winds in our sails, avoid the maelstrom of Rolling Stone, and navigate by the Tull Star, looking for golden treasures to the south. Every sortie a song, every voyage an album, we will try our best to interpret the ancient runes of the great Anderson One Leg, and eventually we will die in our... our travels and go to drink with the ones who have passed before. They tell tale of the one known as the fluted one. He has slain many a man with his broad sword. With his broad flute. With his broad flute. Never a flute has been broader. <laughs> I I have to commend you for writing those every week. Oh, thank you. Like, uh, I mean, I accept your commendation. That is that to me. That is more work than what I have to do to edit these. That's so funny. And, I feel exactly that you do more work, and and you know, and this is why our relationship works, Nick, because both of us. That's it. Are amazed at what the other one does. It's the give and take. It's the give and give. Yep. It's the it's the some some days I'm the big spoon. Some days you're the big spoon, Omen. Sometimes I'm the jetpack. <laughs> Sometimes. I'm the fuel. What's the jetpack again? Where you like? The the jetpack is where the smaller person spoons the big person. Oh, okay. (laughs) From the outside, you told me that. Is did I? I, Yeah, I I don't believe that. (laughs) You demonstrated (laughs) when you said, "What are you doing?" and I said, "I'm being a (laughs) jetpack." Exactly. So, Nick, here we are. Another exciting week. Here it is in the world of talk. Told me in the world of listening to Jethro Tull. So before we get going with this week's song, mm-hmm. do we have any business? We've got a handful of, of businesses to attend to. Oh, man, oh, I, I, have a, I have a question for you. Okay, go for it, yeah. When is the last time that you heard Tull in the wild? That you heard Tull in its natural environment? With that, I, I guess that depends. Do you mean live or do you mean like on the radio? Just like, just if when say you're out, just being being a human being doing something, yeah. and then all of a sudden you hear tall, you hear tall on naturel, plein sure. air. Like where was it? I would say it was. And when was it? February 2020, in the shop where I work, where the boss plays the classical radio station all the time. Right, right. Her little, her little bungle. Okay. You know, okay. Occasionally, hear a couple tall songs. Right. Uh, that was probably it. Why? Why do you yeah. ask? I I heard it today. I heard Where? it in a dandy gas station. Oh, what it, song? It was "Living in the Past." Believe it. Hey. Or not. Yeah. I heard boom, 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 and I was like, "Yes, 
I will stay here for this. Spilled gasoline all <laughs> over the sidewalk. Lit it up, just danced around in the flames <laughs> as as Ian sang to me. And I, yeah. Heard it again in the burn ward. That's right. Yeah. they. I asked yeah. them to play it. Yeah. It was, yeah, that's nice. It was it's good. nice that they take requests. No, it, it really is. It really is. Yeah. So, so that is that. That's great. Oh, hold on a second. I'm oh. getting a, I'm getting a oh. note oh. here. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, Mary. Uh, I left the ducks out into the rain. That's okay. Yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone enjoys a bath. <laughs> well, sure. Most, most people do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Mary. They didn't come back. Oh, okay. Oh, I knew there was yeah. something. I, I order, knew. order new ducks. Yeah, put that on. The, Mary, put that on the list. Order new ducks. I, I let the paper out in the rain. <laughs> it also didn't come back. <laughs> All right. What did What did Mary give you? What do you, What do we got there? I'm trying to trying to read this handwriting here. Let me see. Oh, it looks like we have an email. Oh, an email. <clears throat> Your emails, sir. Paul M. writes a rather a rather long email that I hope we can do justice to. The subject is Jethro Tull, the broadsword and the B-side. The B side and the beast. This is this is an important one though because I we're going to start a new segment here. That's right. This is going to be how did you get jump started into Tull? So that's right. We, we as as usual, we love to ask how you got into Tull, and Paul has so sweetly obliged us with his okay. candy scented email. He's from England. That's right. So, Nick, name a number between one and five, and I'll pick one of those accents. Uh, they're all the same accent, isn't it? From they one, are. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, let's just, do seven then. Okay. Just, It's nice to have you. I, I like to feel like you're included. <laughs> Thank you. And this, and we should mention that Paul is a, a previous writer in her. We thank you, Paul, for participating. Indeed. And here is the email. Hello, gentlemen. Greetings from Blighty, on the Sussex coast in Brighton, to be precise. Really enjoyed your podcast. A delightful balance of awe and erudition, and your friendship shines through for all to see. Consider this my five-star review as I listen slash follow on Spotify, and I don't believe it offers me a chance to rate the podcasts on there. Indeed, it doesn't. Anyway, I thought I'd share my first Tull contact story. It was in the autumn of 1987. I was 16 and my musical world consisted mostly of David Bowie and still often does, if I'm honest. My oldest sister's boyfriend, Sid, seemed like a very grown-up rocker to me with his long hair, denim jeans and Marilyn t-shirt. Don't know what that means, Nick. And one afternoon, while we were playing games on my Commodore 64, exclamation mark, don't know what that means. <laughs> it's, I mean... It's he's just dating himself, the Commodore yeah. 64. He stuck on what I now realize was Jumpstart from Tull's then new LP, Crest of a Knave. Although the Grammy Award controversy was some months away, and it got to the flute break. Bang! He wouldn't lend me his copy of the LP right there, 
and then as he was still absorbing it for himself. But Sid did have a couple of other albums on his person from a cassette he taped off the vinyl. On one side, it simply said Broadsword. On the other side, Aqualung. I put on the side marked Broadsword, and here's where things could, might, have turned out differently. I guess he'd listen if he'd listened to the other side first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> the first thing to emerge from the silence was a magical, almost mystic-sounding synth chord growing louder and fuller with each passing second. Then a funeral drum kicked in with a doom-laden, insistent, almost one-note bass throb in the distance as if on a storm-whipped mountain crag sounded an elegant, measured electric guitar flourish. And then, finally, a thrilling Celtic inflected voice sounding a time-worn warning as if coming across centuries past to reach my ears in the present day. I see a dark sail on the horizon set under a black cloud that hides the sun. I was hooked. It was only a couple of years later that I finally, finally realized that Sid had recorded his vinyl copy of the album with the B-side on the first and that I'd been listening to the album Ass About Face, so to speak. The Broadsword, then the Beast. I'm sure I'd have got into Tull had Beastie been the first song as well, as Ian Anderson intended, but I like to think that fate nudged me along a little bit that day too. And Broadsword remains my favorite track on the album. And that's my story. Lovely hearing your thoughts on the War Child tracks at the moment. More power to your feckless elbows. You moans. Paul M. Whew. That was, I, I have a lot of things I need to say about this. That was, that, that was like the Tokyo drift of accent work. Thank you. Me. Okay. I'm glad we, I'm, I'm glad we can acknowledge that. That accent <laughs> went round a corner and lost the police in the chase. It, uh, yeah, it went all over England. We did a, it we did, did a full parade. We got yeah. to experience it all. That accent was not street legal. I, <laughs> I tell you that much. The nitrous oxide alone was... was <laughs> when it started shooting flames out yeah. the back, I was like, well... Dangerous. Better, better just let it go. Vin Diesel just reading this email. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Very, very eloquent. I love the I love the poetry there. Very good. Yeah. And and again, and yeah. the storytelling. With the storytelling, the, the, the good old mixtape. Essentially yeah. a mixtape, the bootleg tape, yeah. Great, great. And... and, and I'm going to pair that before I get into a couple of more real quick emails. I'm going to pair that with our review, actually. Sir, sensors have detected another star in the sky. Dear Lord, that's five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Okay, a review of us. A review of us because it has the the reviewer's jumpstart as well. Oh, MG. OMG. This is from Gunslinger2094 from Apple Podcasts in the US. Okay, obviously. It is five stars. Thank you very yes. much. Just discovered your show last week. I was introduced to JT in 1979 by my wow. cousin after I took up the flute in school. Wow. I think that is particularly around then, I think that was a, a pretty pretty obvious gateway into Tull is, oh, you have a flute, you need to listen to this. I soon fell in love and JT became my favorite band. After many years of listening to albums and about 30 live shows, I put aside my JT collection in 2015 and haven't listened since. Mm. 
Once I discovered your show, I have dusted off the albums and am listening side by side with podcasts and rediscovering this awesome band. Thank you. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you so much, Gunslinger. That's that's amazing to know. And I'm going to be honest, before we started this podcast, I was kind of on a tall hiatus too. I didn't listen to them nearly nearly as much at that time. I did I did a, a big stint of listening to them in high school and college and maybe were you, like a little you say, bit post college. You had you were taking a sabbatical? Sabbatical? <laughs> sabbatical. I think I like sabbatical. A I did. I did take one of those. Yeah, I think so. And and then lo and behold the magic of this podcast it brought us together to to listen to it more and we are doing the same for listeners such as Gunslinger. Thank you so much Gunslinger for for the review for those five stars and for letting us know your your jump start into tell. Yeah. And uh, keep slinging those guns. Hopefully you will load them with talk tell to me bullets and um, shoot them into the hearts of all your all of your dear ones. <laughs> uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next. Okay. Next, just some really quick emails. I'm not going to read full content here. We're just going to okay. jump into to some quick nuggets here from Andrew. Andrew, who asked about contributing thoughts to specific episodes, has a suggestion about Minstrel in the Gallery. He believes that it draws heavily from Roy Harper's song Hors d'oeuvres off of his 1971 album Stormcock. And and he writes out these chunks of lyrics, and I I can kind of see it. They They start with a subject up in a high place. They use the euphemism parts in a particular way. There are structural similarities and they have a flowing sort of style. Yeah. So I would definitely recommend listening to to hors d'oeuvres. Definitely recommend listening to Roy Harper in general. Ian has talked about him yeah. fairly regularly as a as an influence or or as simply being a fan of Roy Harper's. Yeah. That's so, great. Yeah. Thank you, Andrew, for that. Greatly appreciate it. Thank We've you, Big that. A. Judge sits on his great size. We've got Jacqueline, the JT Protocol, it has written in again. We have, in reference to Good Godmother, very interesting point. She talks about Barrymore Barlow's drums before the part where Ian talks about Miss Hatchet. And I, I don't remember them off the top of my head. I remember that breakdown. But she she says that they sound before their time. And now I really yeah. want to go back and listen to those drums. We've we've said before that I'm just really digging the heck out of Barrymore's drums right now. Can we, can we drop them in right here, Nick? Yes. Let's see if we can do that. Oh, my gosh. There it is. We did it. Wow. There it is. Thank you, Jackie. You know, and Jacqueline, Jacqueline, Jack, Jack, Jacqueline. That's something that I appreciate about Tall, and I think we all do, is that, you know, gratuitous synth sounds aside, I think there is something 
you know, timeless, progressive mm-hmm. about the rock and roll. Dare, dare I say progressive. Yeah. Can I say progressive on this podcast? Uh, you know what? We've, we have special dispensation. I think we can. Okay. Yeah. From the Pope. Yep. Okay. I, don't know, I don't know why he wrote in. He didn't even give us any stars. He just wrote in. He's not, he's not allowed to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he can't make that. Yep. Okay. Next, we have Jeffy B writes in again. Thank you, Jeff Bubbs. Just a quick note. A friend gave me the book Jethro Tull's Thick as a Brick and a Passion Play written by Tim Smolko, S-M-O-L-K-O. He says it's a really great intellectual read. Hey. So, yeah, if you're looking for more tall literature, that is that is a good recommendation. Thank you. Tim Smolko's Jethro Tull's Thick as a Brick and a Passion Play. Of course, those those two albums are going to have a ton of history and lore behind them. So that's really great, uh, a great resource there, I imagine. It's, yeah. it's one that is on my, my, my next pickup list for sure. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Jeffy B. And that is it for housekeeping. Amazing. So... Is it time? Dare I say, I think it may be time that we can get into this week's song which is omen yes can you tell me what this week's song is i actually can yeah i've been excited about it this week i have it written on my hand right here <laughs> it's smudged oh no <laughs> this week we are listening Klim to Wanta valkyrie because <laughs> oh it's smudged it's yeah I get it. <laughs> this week we are listening to a cold wind to valhalla oof oh yes mm. <laughs> Bundle up, buddies. It is time. Let's go ahead and have a listen. So, Nick, there we have it. Mercy me. That was Cold Wind to Valhalla. That that certainly was. That's a very striking song, Nick. I mean, I know we, I know we all, I know we, we all struggle to like limit our list of top favorite tall songs to like under a hundred. <laughs> but, but truly, truly, this is one. I, I don't even know if it's one of my favorite songs, but it's one of the songs that like sticks with me the most. It is certainly my favorite song off of this album. That's interesting, Nick. That's that's. I'm surprised at that, actually. Really? Yeah, because you tend to go for the more sort of sentimental stuff. That's true. No, that's true. That's very true. I think I think some of it has to do with the first one and a half minutes being like some just gorgeous acoustic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That really helps. Well, and you know, unusually for Tull songs, at least Tull songs of this period, mm-hmm. the strings drop in mm. right at the top. Sure. Yeah, that's true too. Right. And we know that that's something that you are profoundly addicted to. Dreadfully fond of. And seeking seeking help for. You know, I stopped. I stopped. I'm embracing you know it and I'm I'm not ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> it tried to make me go to rehab and I said no, no, no. It tried to make me go to rehab and I said no. Give me those strings. <laughs> yeah, I, this, this is, oh gosh darn, this is such, just, I just really like the song. I really do. Let's be specific. We have some very, the, the first words I wrote on taking notes for the song are, acoustic git on fire. 
acoustic git? Yeah, I, I abbreviated guitar. Oh, oh. Because I was trying to write fast. Yeah. Oh, it's great. The acoustic, the flute. The, there's a cello in there, that those strings that mm. first start up. which we all know my love for D strings is only superseded by just a cello. And it's, it's there. It's D strings as a cello. It's there. And then Barrymore's little hand drumming in the background is really nice too. Oh, you know, I actually, I actually missed that. But yeah. yeah. He's, he starts out with just, it's gotta be like a bongo or a djembe right. or something. Yeah. yeah. It's nice. And the guitar itself, I mean, Okay, so this song is is in F sharp minor, which means that the chords are they're they're for grown ups. <laughs> they're, they're complex chords. They, they pull no punches, yeah. They they don't, yeah. They're they're varsity level chords. Mm. And the fact that Ian is playing it so precisely, it's just it it just it catches your it catches my breath, Nick. So you're saying just in terms of of being able to play them, not not sound, not complexity of sound and, and delivery, but the actual like physical playing of these chords is, yeah, is a, a higher level. The, the fingering of them is complex. Okay, okay. I, I know we alluded to this before, and I, I can't wait any longer, Nick. You referenced Led Zeppelin's immigrant song. Yes. which of course came out five years earlier, almost to the yeah. day five years earlier than this song did. Mm -hmm. But clearly there's a lot of crossover content. Yep. That song is in A major, which is really easy to play. <laughs> oh, interesting. I'm not saying that, that this being in a, in a more difficult key makes it, you know, a better song. I'm just yeah. saying that, that, that of course Led Zeppelin played it in like a power chord yeah, like just heavy, chunky, as opposed to really. And it's great, and we love it. I freaking love that. song. Oh, it's an amazing song. It really is. But that I do think serves to illustrate the you know what's special about Tall is that you know they're they're taking similar content and just I I think bringing more complexity and, and yeah. depth to it. And it's it is very difficult not to compare them. Just, just by virtue of their content, makes them makes you want to to compare them. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, how many songs, how many rock songs about Vikings are there, Nick? Mm. That are that are famous nowadays. Oh, that are famous. Yeah. I was saying nowadays, probably a lot in in like Swedish <laughs> death metal or something. Oh sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, like you know, in classic rock. Oh yeah, not not many. Two. And people don't know Cold Wind of Valhalla. No, 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 no. And this is not the last time we're going to talk about Zeppelin in relation to this album. Oh. We will talk about Zeppelin a little later on. I'll just leave it at that. Just try and stop us. Stop us. We'll, you've got weeks to try and stop us. <laughs> so we, we, yes, Immigrant Song is definitely, there's a comparison there. I do want to jump all the way back. This is the first time we get one of those kind of like candid live moments, quote, quote unquote, 
Go on. Of Ian introducing the song, he goes, and this this one's called Cold Wind of Valhalla. And then he starts playing. This one's called Cold Wind to Valhalla. Yeah, but now this wasn't a live recording. No. I, I mean, this wasn't no. at a concert. Yeah, why did he introduce it? I don't know. You know, but but there are several instances later on. At, on at this album. One yeah. or two more that we see where that happens. And it's, it, I think it's sticking with that that idea of the minstrel in the gallery. Of course, he's mm. going to introduce the songs, even though it is not an actual live recording. He is he is performing in the gallery of our minds. I shall tell you a tale of the ancient Vikings. And it's called Cold Wind to Val... Martin, not now. Martin, put down the kitten. Cold Wind to Val... Hella. It's, it's called... <laughs> I have the Midgard serpent in my pantaloons. <laughs> a song of love. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit more about the music before we get completely sidetracked. So the thing that I feel besides the content that is so striking about this song mm-hmm. is that, yeah, and I, truthfully, I don't know if it's the bass guitar or Martin's electric guitar, but that riff, that repeating riff, I'm not doing it justice. Yeah. I don't remember that part. <laughs> I think we li- listen to the to different songs. Oh, whoops. I think. We get classic Ian doubling up of voice at about 115. Yeah, we do. And that's right before the huge breakdown. So we get that. We get the voice at 115. We get much more of the strings at about 130. They sweep in as a precursor to about 135, where it just goes ham, where the metal comes in. That's where the drop, the big drop happens, where we we hear that one big drum beat. Yeah, we get Martin, we get Barry on the actual drum kit, and it just goes to town for the next... What, two and a half minutes, I think. It's it's just over four minutes of a song. And you know, it's so cool that this song follows immediately on the heels of the title track because it sort of follows the same pattern. You know, in Minstrel, we have the acoustic, 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 acoustic. Mm, mm. Oh, we're just sitting in, we're just troubadours in the ancient world. Tricked you. Here's some, here's some electric. Yeah. And this yeah. is the same thing. It's uh, as you were saying, it's like here we, we are transcend time in the gallery. No, it's 1975. We are here to rock you. We yeah. rock your faces off. Yeah. Could it have been more effective if they had spaced out that technique? No. You know? No. No. Do you, do you, I say no. Do you think that it that it has any effect at all? Let's look at the other side of the coin. Does it have? Does it really make it that much more effective to hear those two in the same, or is it just you're so? By the time you're you're a minute and a half into Cold Wind of Valhalla, and you realize that they've kind, if you even realize that they've kind of done it again, are you not just swept away at that point? I think I am swept away, but I also think that it's album wise, it's a confirmation of the style of mm-hmm. the aesthetic of the album, which is okay. the kind of the kind of bridge between the ancient world of the of the traveling minstrel and the okay. modern world of the traveling rock musician. And in a way, it's it's also a bit like it's 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 taking the the next evolutionary step from something like Aqualung, which had 
several really heavy, good metal sounds, and then separate tracks that were just that that beautiful, simple E and acoustic. This this right. blends that, and it's saying, listen, we we can do both. We can give you both at the same time. Exactly. It's like Shakespeare saying, like, oh, you know, I've done comedies, I've done I've done tragedies, and I've done pastoral plays. Oh, what you want it all at the same time? Here's a Winter's Tale. I was in a Winter's Tale. Did you know that? I did not know that. Who did you play? Leonides. I was. He's the, the one who goes crazy, right? The king. Yeah. Yeah. He dresses oh, up as an old man, and yeah, my senior year of of Hofstra, baby. I saw that play at the Globe, and it was it was Ooh. all in period dress, and it was profoundly affecting. Wow. And you were in it. And I was in it. Not at the Globe, but no, no. <laughs> Not that one. On on the globe. <laughs> on the globe. Somewhere on the globe. Yeah. In fact, Hempstead, Long Island is uh, mm. is the location of the globe. So anything else musically about this, Omen, that you want to talk about? It, it rocks so hard, Nick. It's in 4-4 mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. That's another musical similarity it has to <laughs> Immigrant Song. <laughs> and and I just want to like point out at the very end, at the very, very tail end of the song, we have this sort of... I think it's the electric guitar kind of trailing off in this kind of high-pitched yeah. And to me, it really brings that feeling of freezing cold and isolation of the Nordic Ooh, lands. Okay. okay. Are you saying while other stuff is playing or that last like dying note? The very last, the end. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Kind of wavery. Yeah. 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 Which I, I think... Whether story-wise or not, they meld, it feeds so well into the next song. Which is? Black Satin Dancer. Oh, it sure does, yeah. Yeah, it starts out quiet and slow, and, and that that flute almost matches that tone a little bit, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it and, does. It, and it really, it just really, it really works, and it's it's some really nice construction of an album, and it, and it goes to show that they don't have to have one 45 minute long track to make right. an album flow well together we've we've got and this is we will see this later on that that there are bits in the album that really work together side by side well it's a bit like benefit in that regard but but mm. more intentionally composed yes yeah yeah because this is a concept album <gasps> that is not just big pieces of track yeah Ooh, fighting words okay mm. let's Shall we talk about the content, Nick? We sort of danced around it. Yeah. Omen, can you define Valhalla for me? Valhalla, yeah. Valhalla is the legendary afterlife of the Viking cultures where warriors were allowed to go if they had died in battle, Mm -hmm. honorably, where they would feast with their ancestors and the gods and they would i think they would feast all night and fight all day and they could kill each other all day and then at night they'd be fine for eating and drinking and they would be brought to valhalla from the battlefield by warrior maiden spirits called valkyries Mm -hmm. did i do it that was perfect yeah aside from being like incredibly badass fighters the valkyries job was to after the battle was done usher the warriors who did not survive to Valhalla. Yeah. Just a little thing. I don't know if people know Bonnie and and ride with us young Bonnie last. Bonnie means beautiful. And ride with us young Bonnie last. 
Oh, sure. Yeah, it sure does. B-O-N-N-Y. We've got a unicorn in here. That's always fun. On and outside is unicorn. It's very strange. Yeah, I'm not sure where that comes from. I'm not familiar with any unicorns in Viking culture. It's it might be it might it might be a couple of different things. It might be just a bit of assumption on Ian's part that a unicorn would fit in there. It might be I mean, you never need for for my money, you never need to justify a unicorn. If you want <laughs> a unicorn, enough. put in a unicorn. I'm not going to question it. An outsized unicorn, yeah. It might be the the epic like panel van with the airbrushed wizard riding on top of a unicorn blasting immigrant song out of it it might have something to do with that like epic fantasy rock you know it may it may be tied to immigrant song there who knows but yeah it's it's i i love the story in this song i love the imagery in this song it's really nice and it's i think it's because it's it's so fantastical which is Thus far, we have seen it is it is so out of the realm of Tull. But it's about to become very much more oh, yeah. in the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. So, yes, let's, shall we dive specifically into some of the lyrics? Yeah. More. Yeah, what do you have? Well, I, I find that the composition lyrically of this song is is a little... A little bit of an evolution, a little, a little bit, you know, stuff that we haven't heard exactly from Ian before. Usually, he writes in very, you know, obscure but concretely composed images. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, the words are almost coming straight from a place of meaning without passing through the kingdom of grammar. Some of it's like stream of conscience. Yeah, roughshod winging sky blue flight. Roughshod winging sky before that, crack wind clatter, flesh rain bite. Crack wind clatter, flesh rain bite. It's just image. It's just imagery, and yeah. like it's totally understandable. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's not a sentence. Yeah, f- frozen flaking fish raw nerve. Frozen flaking fish raw nerve. It's so rawly poetic. It's great. I really like. I mean, I I enjoy it so much, and. I mean, if we want to talk about specifics, you know, like with those two phrases, frozen flaking fish, raw nerve, there is a Scandinavian dish, which is basically frozen raw fish. Yeah, that's that's been in a that's been in a clay pot and set in the ground for. Yeah, for oh, what is that called? Gefilte fish? No, no, no. That's something else. That's that's just like pickled white fish. Right, which is delicious. I love it. Is that I've never had gefilte fish. I don't know. If I, I've had pickled herring and I enjoy Oh, it very that's much. different. I think that's very different. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't remember what it's called. A cup of silver liquid fire? In a cup of silver liquid fire. I don't know if this is actually referring to this, Nick, but I think it might be referring to a drink which is prominent in northern climes called aquavit. Mm, okay. Which is just a derivation from aquavite, yep. from the Latin. Which means straight up liquor. <laughs> I mean, water of life is what it translates to. Literally, yeah. yeah. But it's it's near flammable, <laughs> yeah, liquid that is that will that will keep you warm in the winter. The fish is called lutefisk. Lutefisk, yeah, I remember that. Now. Yeah, we talk about that on a prairie home companion a lot. Mm, okay. Should we talk about the heroes rest upon the sights of Thor's trusty handmaidens? Midnight lonely whispers cry. Heroes rest upon the 
We're getting a little bit short on heroes lately. We're getting a bit short on heroes. Lately. Yeah, that is that is more more reference to the Valkyries. Yeah, Thor's handmaidens. Yeah, it is. But I also think it's it's a little bit of a wink and a nod and a take to the audience, mm. especially with how he says it. Exactly, yeah. and I can imagine in performance it would lend itself well to that. Mm. Yeah, true to form, a bit of a social commentary there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we are, indeed, getting a bit short on heroes. Yeah. One could say. But one could also counter with, we are getting short on reasons for heroes. Mm, or the, it's, it's a... the the definition of hero needs to change. And I think the, so. Which will therefore cause the reasons for heroes to change. Perhaps the ways in which we can say that people are heroes are evolving and so it's it's less easy to just go out with a sword and and right. do a lot of brave things on the battle and have that be sufficient right it's it's not it's not so so binary it's not well this is this is obviously exactly. a hero yeah yeah exactly the definition of hero is a living document oh yeah yeah indeed <laughs> sword snap fright white pale goodbyes in the desolation of Valhalla. Swords snap right away, pale goodbyes. In the desolation of Valhalla. It simultaneously, Nick, for me, describes a, a, a battle scene and also a landscape. Mm-hmm. May I share an Uncle Omen's anecdote? I think we might have to get a sting for that, but yeah. I I had the great luck and pleasure to visit Norway in the wintertime over, over one Christmas break when I was living in Paris. Mm. And I went up to a friend's winter winter house, like cabin, in the mountains, which was like almost at the Arctic Circle. <laughs> wow. And it was it, it was amazing because it's so desolate and mm-hmm. It's so strikingly beautiful and the sun, you know, will in the winter will peep up over the horizon for just like four hours and then slowly fade away. But it's it's it, the the trajectory of it is such that it it almost feels like it's constantly dusk, like it's it's always dawn or it's always it's always sunset because of the way that the sun glides across the horizon. Mm-hmm. And I remember I went outside at one point after the sun had set. It was probably only like nine or ten o'clock, but it felt like, you know, midnight infinity <laughs> yeah yeah Mid- midnight to the power of midnight exactly and i <laughs> and i went out i think maybe to 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 relieve myself because the bathroom was full inside and and i was standing there like out on the side of this mountain and the and the it was like completely dark and the wind was whipping around and i suddenly was like i very much understand why traditionally people here believe in trolls you feel mm. like you just feel like the landscape is just watching you. Yeah. And so all these images of like the wind and like the cold, I I feel like they're very accurate to the, oh, the I, way that I landscape is. I believe it, yeah. Yeah, how, lo- how long were you there? About 30 seconds. Then I went inside because <laughs> I was too cold. How long were you at that domicile? Oh, <laughs> maybe five days. So did it did it really like mess your schedule? 
in terms of, of just not seeing the sun or, or seeing the sun for, for so long or, or what? Like you just have no idea what time it is at yeah. any point, unless you, unless you look at the clock, it's just like, but then, then they do some really lovely things. Like every time that we would come to breakfast, my friend's mom would have lit like 20 candles and have them all over the table and all over everywhere. And so you get this sense of like inside it's so lovely and warm. And yeah, I think the word is hygge. Uh, hygge. Yeah. Hygge. Yeah. Just, just a, a, an atmosphere of, of joy and comfort. Exactly. Please. Yeah. Uh, on the podcast, Nick, play the, the, the hygge song from Frozen, if you don't mind. I will translate more. Now I now I have to. It might be just from the musical. Nick, what else here? Have you seen Troll Hunter? Have I made you watch Troll Hunter yet? Yes, you have. Yes. yes. Oh, so good. It. Definitely recommended to everyone. Yeah. Everyone listening. Watch it. I I I just I love the story here. I love I love how roughly poetic it is. Yeah. It's it's that slightly onomatopoetic that like he he can't the emotion is coming so quickly, he just comes out with these words kind of thing, you know? Moonjet, brave beam, split, ceiling, swerve. Moonjet, brave beam, split, ceiling, swerve. Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to read, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I really, this is, this is one of my favorite songs for all of these, these unique characteristics that are not terribly common in, in tall previous or, or, or after for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I dig it. I dig it. And it's, it's nice to, it's nice to see this on an album that is the start of British country folk, a, a run of British country folk. Yeah. And the, the biggest fantasy stuff that we see is about the green man, you know, yeah. com- coming up. So it's, it's, it's cool. It's, it's a cool outlier and just sound wise, it's, it's, it is it is darn solid. Even when they get into that breakdown, that transition is so effective that you just get carried away with it. It's so great. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to know some Viking facts, Nick? <laughs> yeah, sure. Give me a Viking fact. So they, you know, they originated in what is present day Norway, Sweden, and Denmark, mm-hmm. and they traveled throughout basically all of Europe into the Mediterranean, into the northern Africa, yeah. all over England and Ireland, Iceland. Greenland, they were the first Europeans to set foot in the Americas. Which they called Vinland, I believe. Vinland, yeah, because they were like, it's full of vines. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah. Ray's book that she wrote takes place in, a, in an alternate history America called Vinland. I love it. Yeah. The, they, and, and in those expeditions, they left their traditions, language, and genetic material yeah. all over the place. <laughs> Just, is this your genetic material? Is this... Uh, oh, I'm did, so sorry. I dropped you, that there. Okay, me, could me you put that back in my pocket? Yeah, thank you. They are the reason that we have the word knife mm-hmm. and berserk. That silent K, I believe, is is Slavic or 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 something sure. along those lines. Yeah. And as proof, as a wonderful example of them leaving their their descendants all over the place, you need look no further than the last name 
of our lead singer, Ian Anderson. Mm. Yeah. Son of Ander. Yeah. The son. The son thing. Yeah. And I forget what the, there, there is a, a, a suffix for daughter as well, but I don't remember what it is. Daughter. Is that it? No. And their daughter? Might be. And their daughter. Who knows? I, I don't know, Nick. <laughs> well, those are, those are some great facts, and this is a great song, Cold Wind to Valhalla. And this is a great podcast. And this is a great podcast. Runestones. Runestones all over the place. Sorry, I just had, I just I'm scrolling through the article and I saw all the <laughs> runestones. They're exciting, terribly exciting. Oman, what's what's up next week? What do we got? Can you do you do you know or can you guess? Well, you told me within the last thirty minutes. Oh my and gosh! So and you no, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's black satin dancer. Yeah, black satin dancer. Yep. Exactly. Yep, it is. <laughs> It is another really beautiful song. It is a lovely one. Yeah. Well, we are looking forward to it until next week when we listen to Black Satin Dancer. You don't have to wait until you create your own five stars for us. You can raid the lands to the south, east, and west and collect stars from those who are not so good good at sailing as you and then you can bring them to us in the form of a review Ouch. on itunes Ow, woof that's uh mm-hmm. dying dying in battle is not necessary the key to getting to valhalla is giving us a five-star rating and review no need to prepare for your review no need to put on the armor of grammar you can strip to the waist take some magic mushrooms and charge into the fray and just pound at your keyboard until a review comes out. That explains that explains your lack of grammar, I think, right? That explains my lack of clothes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> until next week, Nick, I am Omen Donaldson. <laughs> I am Nick Thompson. We are... Feckless moans. Feckless momson. <laughs> and this is talk told told to told to mom. No. This is talk told to me. Sudden. Sudden. <laughs> Brave Viking men and women, come into my boat here upon the shore. Let me hear your ferocious cries. That'll do. We have a duty as brave Viking souls to conquer the world, to sail the seas. I have heard legend of a land far, far to the west, a mythical land full of vines. Who will go with me? Uh, vines? Yes, yes, amazing vines. Is that, how how long is it? Do I have to pack a bag? The vines, they're like six feet long at least. Okay, I'm out. I, I don't have anything else to do. I'll go. Fine, whatever. Good. Who else will join me? We'll go to this land of vines where I've heard tell of grapes growing all over the place and 
gold strewing the shores. Do we value gold? We do. We value it so hard. Oh, man. then yeah, I'll definitely, I definitely go for gold. It is told. It is told that in this faraway land, sheep are roasted by the sun and set out with with napkins on either side of them. Uh, we aren't used napkins. Then we will start when we get there because it's going to be great. The legends also say that it is never freezing cold, and there are there are um, there are cups of juice. I like the not cold part. And it is also said you should have in the ancient with that. lessons that that Toctoltimi is a proud member of the Feckless Momes Audio Network. <laughs> <laughs>